Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yeah, if you've joined us, um, yeah, do say hello. Always good to see who is on. And are we live yet? I, I know we're live because we are live every week when we press this little button. Little it's always button. good to check if we are live. And of course we're live. There we go. Look at uh, that. They're okay. flying through. They're flying look through. Faces. They look tired on there. Look at those two guys, man. They must have... Tired? Do know, do, know, do know what you mean, mate. Do know what you mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, Dave. Wow. It wasn't that type of weekend. Anyway, um, look, um, we're full on professional mode now. Uh, but yeah, thanks for, for joining us, guys. I'm <laughs> we, we've aside. never been full on professional mode on these lives, okay. and maybe, maybe I'll backtrack on that one a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but look, great to see people uh, here: Marky V, Dave Rimminson, James Bry, um, Stuart, Mark Tallin, uh, Lee Sitow, Gary, Jim, Leah, Mira. You call him Mark Tallin. I've always called him Mark Tallin. Um, Mark. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because, uh, as you know, we're we're not uh, we're not always hundred uh, percent on names, right? Uh, over the years, but Mark uh, Mark Beecroft, great to see you, Jane, Jane. Yeah, and um, just to let you know, it was a great weekend, and uh, yeah, we survived it, which was great. Um, if there's any <clears throat> um, croaky voices or anything, we'll we'll try our best. Um, I had a little bit less sleep than Dave, but still, yeah. Dave is a wee bit tired. Although Dave, you're doing well, man. You're looking. Turkey. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> Modern <laughs> pharmaceuticals, mate. They do. They do an amazing job. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just um, on um, good old-fashioned uh, caffeine this morning and H2O. So yeah, well, yeah, we've been hydrated here at home. Yeah, uh, well, nice. No, the, uh, the worst part is the ugh, bloody whiplash. But um, someone yeah, did go back into the back of you, right, in uh, go karting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you're all right, mate. You, you need a good. You need some ice pack on your neck or something. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need people to be more responsible drivers. You know, there was no indicating and there was nothing. There was none of that. Right, but anyway, um, look, really thank you for everyone for joining us. Um, yeah, today's uh, a little bit different. I think we, we chose this subject today before the announcement that came out on Thursday, which, you know, is mm. although it's kind of it's similar in a way because, you know, group travel, getting back to group travel, and I think we'll start off with that because, you know, like the, the the news we had on Thursday was great. I mean, you know, we had a little inkling that was coming, you know, before the the years year end, but you know, we didn't realise that uh, we'd be coming back because we just went away for three days and come back yesterday, and uh, that's four a.m. Monday morning. Everything was open again, which is uh, which is nuts. Yeah. So yeah, that was um, yeah, rather rather awesome announcement to be honest. Um, yeah, and and we've been quite busy in the office. I know the team yesterday, um, you know, just getting everything organised because we want to be ahead of the game. So yeah, it is a uh, it's going to be a, a busy month, but this is what we love. This is what we're here for to to make make things happen, guys. So, um, yeah, really, really excited to get back to running trips. Um, we got a Tupcal trip hopefully this weekend. Yeah. Um, again, I know that the people on there potentially might delay, but hoping that we can do that this weekend. And obviously, then we got the rest of our uh, trips that we're able to do. Um, obviously, the big one, and we yeah, where a lot of our customers go in Nepal and also Tanzania. Um, still a couple of countries like Peru and Ecuador, which unfortunately are still on the red list. Yeah. Uh, you know, we like to see that changing next year. Let's let's, let's uh, fingers crossed for that, guys. But 
you know, we can't get around it. We are super happy, Dave. I know we, we, we called each other straight away and we, we spoke to Nepal and Dave, I mean, what, what were your feelings when you found out about that? Um, I immediately thought to myself, so when can I go to Nepal? <laughs> was it, no, it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. You know, the only thing I wish would have changed is that they give you a little bit more notice um, just so you can kind of do some prep. But, you know, we've got used to that last minute announcements now. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I think it's happened at a pretty much exactly the right time as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've got um, a few people that are hopefully going to get out there this season and then we can start fresh with a full season next spring. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's hard to explain really because it's it's such a shift in mindset. Like for the last two years, I've been in reschedule mode, you know, been in sort of, you know, doubt about when we're going to go and stuff yeah. like that. And now we have almost no notice. I'm back to, oh, oh, we we send people on trips now, <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's weird. I haven't really had much time to digest it really, but no, it's been great. And I know speaking to the guys in the pool and everything like that, they're, yeah. they're all, they've already fired up the, uh, fired up the engines and yeah, they're ready That's to it. go trekking to be fair. They have, haven't they? They fired up the DeLorean and we are now going back in time to when we actually used to trek. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> literally we, we, we can't wait. But no, so yeah, it was, it was one of those, we, we obviously took talking about group travel and, you know, although we're, we, were, we wanted more of a conversation really around, um, you know, solo travellers, you know, against group travellers, that kind of thing. I think we're looking at the future now and the future of group travel, which is, um, it's just what we, what we like, isn't it? We, we all love yep. to, to go and meet people and, you know, obviously the, you know, if you go in on your own or if you go in as part of a group, you know, um, uh, you can have equally as, as great a time, um, you know, depending on how you approach it and, and throwing yourself into maybe getting to know your group or, um you know just giving yourself a bit of time to get to know the group get to know your guide yeah but just going out there with a mindset of, of of enjoying it because you know these are great challenges and we'll soon see you know all over social media and everything we'll be seeing a lot of our ever trekkers go into the you know ever space camp um you know go into places like the summit of Killy. yeah and just seeing that and seeing the groups come together is you know i'm i'm, I'm like as pumped as ever yeah, uh, I can't wait. It's even it's tired and hungover. It's uh, we're we're very happy. <laughs> it's a little bit sort of surreal though. To be fair, I just it's it's <laughs> you know as I told yeah, you, like trips are going to happen. It's it's crazy, but um yeah, I'm I'm ready for it now. I'm really really am, and I can't wait for it to happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be exactly. amazing. Well, Dave, where should we start? Um, obviously, group travel then. Um, Stangers. So Stangers or uh, friends, if you spotted the typo I left in the title of the email. Brilliant. I know, Dave. That was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah. So what, what, what we were talking about was um, because we had half a mind on, you know, when trips yeah, yeah. are going. We always have. And what are those trips actually going to look like post-COVID? Because, you know, none of us really know yet because none of us have been on a trip. But we have been preparing for it. So we know what the groups are going to look like. We know how we're going to run them. We know how many people are going to go there. And um, we have seen some questions on social media about concerns yeah. about, well, now we've got this backlog, plus all the people we normally have all funneling mm -hmm. into the same season. So yeah. there are going to be a lot more people on these trips, I think, at least for the first season or two. Yeah. And how will that affect Evertrek trips? You know, will you be... Um, will we be growing our groups to 25, 30 people um, or will we be running much, much more groups or will we just be, yeah. you know, spreading them out? And so, yeah, we thought we'd answer those questions and let you know how things are going to look, what it's going to be like, how or if at all your trip's going to be affected in any way. And um, yeah, 
give you guys a little insight, Ben. Actually, it couldn't have happened at a better time because some of you are going to be going in about 30 days. So, yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I think the good thing about this November, it will be quite quiet, actually, looking at the uh, the numbers, you know, because I, I appreciate that, you know, it is last minute and, and it's not just about the Nepal side or, or our side of flights and obviously plans, annual leave. There's lots of factors, isn't it? And I think um, yeah. you know, some people are still moving into next year, which is, you know, which is no worries. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to go and you've got to go. That being said, we've still got, um, I think, maybe 20 or 30 people who will go out there, which would be nice um, to do again. So, yeah, we're very excited, very excited about that. And then it's similar to, to Tanzania as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, Dave, I think that the point you made there around, you know, what will, will the groups be bigger next year? You know, is there maybe other ways? And, yeah, so we, we did address it quite earlier on last year because <clears throat> we realised we had, you know, hundreds of uh, people who, essentially we're going to eventually reach a bottleneck <clears throat> excuse me where um kumbu cough and kumbu cough ready for the season uh, no, it's the <laughs> Edinburgh cough. yeah um, yeah <laughs> but yeah i suppose it's back now knowing the trips are here right um but essentially it's like right what are we going to do then are we going to look at maybe running um you know larger groups which you know we, we never want to do but really because again you go back to getting to know your group it's very hard if there's 30 people and I know there's a lot of companies that, that do that and it's never felt right for us to do that, I think, um, even during COVID. So we made a decision earlier on that rather than do that, we just run multiple groups at the same time. And, and kind of break that down, it means that yeah. um, so using Everest Base Camp as an example, if you go to Everest Base Camp, um, you know, and you're in a group, you've got your own guide, you've got your assistant guides, you've got your porters, that's your group. And then we thought, well, we'll do another one of them with arrivals on the same day. So you know, you're in your separate group. There's no, there's no hierarchy here. There's not like a team one or a team two. You, you know, you're all treated the same. Um, you all get great guides, great experience, but you are separate groups. So you might be staying in the same lodges. You know, you might see each other on the trail, you know, but you are separate. And, you know, again, it's part of the, we've had to be a little bit flexible in our approach too, you know, to, to try and accommodate, um, you know, the, 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 obviously the, like we get to that bottleneck of people who, who are going to go. So Dave, I know, you know, when we when we first came up with that idea, that was something that you were keen on, right? Yeah, because when I first went out <clears> to <throat> Nepal, I was part of a small group and I've only ever been part of small groups. And by small, I mean no more than around 12 to 15 people, because mm. although 15 people is quite a lot, actually, when you have your head guide, two or three assistant guides, plus the porters and the group sort of spreads out, it's hiking, it, it's really manageable, yeah. you know, so it's not it's not like an overwhelming number of people. And also, you know, if there's 30 of you all sat stood together in a small place trying to get your guide's attention, it's going to be quite difficult. So we always wanted to keep that small feel a little bit more intimate. I mean, what it also means is rather than send one group of 30, we send two groups of 15, is that that's two guides, you know, plus maybe double the amount of assistant guides, double the amount of porters. So we're actually giving back more to those communities and things like that as well. So exactly. it's beneficial all round. Um, those guides haven't worked for, you know, 18 months. So and not all of them are working now. There's like a scramble to get, you know, treks and to get out there at the moment. But um, that'll change. It'll flip on its head. You know, as soon as the floodgates yeah. open, I, I expect next spring there'll be, you know, it'll be it'll be really good for those guys to get trekking again but yeah that's what we wanted to do i mean it does mean you know that there will be other ever trekkers going to the same place at the same time as you but there's always people going to the same place at the same time as yeah, you. Exactly. we don't have the yeah. trail to ourselves the whole time but what it does mean is that you'll be 
you'll arrive at Lukla and you'll be like, oh, Evertrackers, <laughs> you know, where are you off? Everest Space Camp, oh, cool, yeah. That's, and that, that's, you know, so you will integrate and you'll talk and everything like that. But it does mean that, I'm, you know, if I'm one group and Andy's another group and we meet each other and we're shaking hands, but if Andy's got a question, he'll ask his guide. And if I have a question, I'll ask my guide. Um, and that's, you know, keeping it like that is, is, is a really good way to ensure that you guys get the best of everything, but also you can still go. Yeah. <laughs> you know because exactly, everything yeah. Yeah. yeah every single person in those groups are people just like us they want to go they want to have the best experience so you know that's what it's going to look like from now on i think is those multiple groups at least until things start spreading out a bit and we start booking people in as normal um i say as normal but you know we've got this two-year backlog <laughs> that we've got to try and fit into the same seasons as everyone else so um, yeah yeah and I think, uh, uh, guys everyone... if you keep your eyes peeled in my camera wait for it there it is <laughs> did you see that was, a, like... that was that was a lesser that? spotted yeti that was a lesser yeah. spotted yeti yeah I'm for a while. <laughs> oh, she, 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 she moves quick when the cameras are on her i tell you <laughs> brilliant um and you know going to the, the question that comes up to my mind then is that obviously with covid um you know I know it's not a thing of the past. I know it's around now, but I mean, from a travel point of view, you know, trying to move forward a little bit, right? And, um, you know, what will the trips look like sort of post-COVID? Um, or at yeah. least, you know, stepping, moving away from it. And I think that was, <clears throat> you know, because we've got to ask ourselves these questions in terms of the trips and things like that. And we've had to, um, like as Dave alluded to there, become more flexible in our approach, um, you know, because we were quite, you know, very not not strict. Maybe you know we, because we're, we're we're flexible yetis like like anyone, right? Um, but we <laughs> not that flexible, Dave. I was going to say <laughs> not in in attitude, not in, spine. Uh, mentally, mentally flexible. Yeah, mentally not, not flexible. Yeah, flexible. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're definitely not going to win any yoga awards uh, at the moment. But you know, uh, <laughs> but the, the point is, is that you know we've got um, you know certain standards, obviously, when it comes to running trips, and they will never stop. But um, we've also had to be a bit more flexible, thinking, okay, how can we run these trips whilst having that level of quality, but whilst also having, um, you know, bringing COVID into the equation, I suppose is, is my point. Um, you know, when we looked at it, like, we, you know, we, we, obviously we're talking about Nepal there, but let's go over to Kili for a sec. <clears throat> you know, we're talking about the tents. Um, you know, and one thing we, we talked about with our team over there was that could everyone have their own tent, right, Dave? Was, yeah, you know something we, we kind of looked at and, and if there's capacity that's what we're going to do right with, with kids. yeah exactly i mean it's when we came up with the idea obviously it was in the depth of, of <clears throat> yeah, covid yeah, was, yeah. so um we decided that normally if you want your own tent on kill on kilimanjaro it costs um it's about a hundred dollars something like that yeah. to have a single tent um, which is fine but then we decided well actually in covid times there may be people it may be better to have you in an individual tent for each person on the way up the mountain it can yeah. be done um and we thought well maybe that's a step although you are all in one group you're all in one unit i think it adds an extra layer wherever we can so we can't do it on all of our trips but wherever we can we try and add in an extra layer of protection even if it's only very very small because if you have your own tent um, and everyone's fine and then perhaps someone does develop a cough or something like that and needs to do a test it's better for them to perhaps be on their own in their tent than be sharing with someone else who's spending like you know at least seven eight hours a night in that tent with someone you know so it is yeah. it's a marginal gain in terms of protecting yourself but it's you know it's one that i think is a good idea and willing to take um 
yeah um sadly we can't do it in everest bc because um you know those it's lodges lodging, they have a fixed amount of capacity but yeah. essentially when you guys go out there you will form your own little bubble and we are taking everything very seriously in terms of like hand sanitizer the guides are going to all be vaccinated and and fully protected and we are going to try and you know there are screens and things like that where there needs to be so there's a lot of stuff happening i think on kilimanjaro as well it's um it's a little bit easier to i think to kind of stay stay in your own little bubble because it is isn't it I, yeah because you, you're, yeah, only, yeah. you're only in your own little camp and although there are other camps around you they're generally not sort of like you know right next to you you yeah. have your own little space or at least we do so um you tend to sort of stay in your own little unit in your own little bubble far more than you do perhaps on some of the more tri the trips where you're going to be in rooms and stuff like that yeah um yeah sorry i'm just trying to attract the attention of the ever dog there, there, she oh really? She's arrived. Eh? Oh, there she is. There she is. Oh, that's it. That's it. She's <laughs> lesser spotted as well. You no, no, there's Ali. I can see Ali. Oh, hello, Ali. Ali's just <laughs> laughing. Oh, see. Very good. Very good. Oh, wow. this is a dog treat. I was just about to eat it. Wow. I thought Lauren was giving me a sweet or something then, and I just smelled it, and it's okay. pretty it. rough. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, yeah. So basically, whenever we get um. <laughs> wherever we can make these marginal gains in terms of safety, in terms of keeping you guys protected and stuff like that, then yeah, a hundred percent. So what we're going to do is a little side look. <clears throat> Sit. Poor. Oh, she's, Poor. She's very, she's very well behaved. She's that good. She looked at, doesn't she look like a bat? Hello, like Penny. a fruit bat? Hello, Penny. <laughs> yeah. She's a lovely dog. You're my favorite. <laughs> And often she's here over getting a pet and you guys don't even know about it i'm just there <laughs> beautiful she's beautiful she's my, my yeah, penny believe it or not i know penny, see, dave's taught her well as well but she's she is, she's our dog but she's yeah. our dog isn't she dave yeah she's the ever dog yeah, i know well. technically you and jen are uh, <laughs> owners if you want to like the title but the fact is that she's the ever dog yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, she's even got her own theme tune, hasn't she? Which I gave her. It goes Penny the Ever Dog. Wow. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, back to the <laughs> live. Back to the live. Um, I see. Look, I knew everyone. Everyone loves the dogs, you know. So um, yeah. But no, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, we, I, I'm super excited about that uh, yeah. trips where, where we were talking about, you know, the, yeah, the numbers of people that go in on these trips <clears> and stuff like that. I think mainly the, mo the main two trips that are going to be affected uh, by the multiple group scenario is Kilimanjaro and Everest Base Camp um, and stuff like that, because that's where you have like this bottleneck of a lot of people generally going there. On Kilimanjaro, though, it'll be, um, yeah, we were going to do our best to make sure that everyone gets their own tent um so they have their own little area their own little space somewhere that they can retreat to it feels a little bit nicer and even if the effect is just to give you some well-being and a sense of security and a sense of sort of peacefulness when you're on the trip and being away from the snorers and the coffers then um that's what we're gonna do <laughs> snorers eh dave <laughs> don't, know, don't know what you're on about mate don't you want about? i've never heard it never heard it no. i sleep fine yeah i bet you do <laughs> um yeah but um yeah and, and just okay so we talked about killy there but let's let's go back to nepal because i know this was something that we has uh, changed uh certainly well more like maybe change evolved over the last uh three or four years because historically we used to do um single supplements in the mountains didn't we dave 
Yeah. As yeah. In, and have your own room and, you know, and, and deliberately have your own room. It now, um, because of the availability in the mountains, you can have your own room in, in Kathmandu, but in the, uh, in the mountains, it's not possible, is it? Because it's, unless yeah. there's like an odd person, you know, which, so you get your own, own room, luckily. Yeah, by odd, um, we mean extra, right? Yeah. <laughs> not not, in, not, not yeah. like that person's a bit of a weirdo. No. Um, <laughs> we can, we're going to need to give them their own room. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah, you're dead right. Because, um, yeah. you know, if, if there's an even number of people, then obviously yeah. we can split it and then two people can share. If there's an odd number of people, um, then the weirdo gets their own room. Sorry, the odd person out gets their own room. Um, but yeah, we do try because, and also we do do our best to keep um, kind of people separated just for their own peace of mind, you know, so the guys with the guys, girls with the girls. Mm. It makes things a little bit more comfortable because these rooms are pretty intimate. Um, <laughs> some of them are, yeah. some of them are bigger than others. Some of them can be, some of them can be pretty small. And obviously for the, sometimes you're not going to be sharing, you're going to want to strip off and wash and you just want that security that, um, you know, a big hairy Yeti's not going to come walking in the door at any moment. So, yeah, um, we do try and do that as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Bry had his own room on his trek. Wow. How, okay, so that, that says it all. I, right, I, right? I, think, I think that means that Brian's the weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I've got to be honest, I am not surprised. I am not surprised. Brilliant, brilliant. Talking about Bry uh, and Nick as well, I, I saw that um, the group had a bit of a catch-up this weekend, which was great to see. And you know, if we're talking about groups and getting to know each other and meeting people and making friends, I mean, that to me is is an, is an example. I know that's that's not an isolated incident. Like that happens a lot. Yeah, with Brian particularly. Married after <laughs> meeting on the trip, you know, which is like unbelievable. Um, you know, and and well, they met previously and then went on a trek and then yeah. next thing you know they get married. I'm like awesome, you know, and and that does happen. And yeah, it's it's, it's great. And that's what we talk about: group travel and group trips. You know. Um, by keeping them smaller, that's what happens. You know, they, they get they get drunk again on another weekend. Sorry, hydrated again on another weekend. Yeah, I just read Deanne Howard's comment, by the way, that um, I just want to cut in and say that her dog just gave her her paw when I said paw. <laughs> the dog overheard and gave the paw. Deanne, I hope you gave her a treat. Um, yeah, because she earned that. Yeah. No, no, just reading some of the comments there. Friends who trek together, stay together. Nick Taylor. Wow, mate, that's strong. I like that. That's, it. Yeah, that's a good, that's I love a good it. quote. That group and so many other groups as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is nice when you see people become these good friends and they hook yeah. up and they meet each other because that's what the essence of trekking is all about. That's what I tried to get across in the title of the email that I sent out before I undermined my point by making a spelling error. Is strangers or friends you haven't it. met yet. Yeah, and I know that there are many people I could name on this one, but I'll pick on Brian and Nick and the rest of the gang because they went out there like none of them knew each other. You know, they all went out there, you know, early COVID. They took a punt and went on a trek and yeah. they all became, you know, like these great friends now that have booked other trips together and meet up together and they really gel together. And really the only thing that they had in um, in common was that they were going on an EBC trip. And now look at it. Yeah. Um, someone just asked me, Mark EV, Dave, can you say Alexa for me? <laughs> so Alexa. Let's I need to know, what, that. I need to know if that works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And so, so yeah, I suppose going with, um, you know, we're talking about groups and things. I mean, it's, yeah, that's great. And, you know, just reading through the comments again. Yeah. Good luck to people doing any three peaks challenges this weekend. Yep. 
Um, yeah, the national three peaks as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good challenge. Good, good prep, good training. Um, plus, it's nice to get out of the mountains, isn't it? But good challenge anyway. Um, hey, Kate Ramsey. Kate, it's been ages. Oh, Kate's one of my life. Kate's <laughs> one of my friends for life. We uh, Kate's actually a competition winner. Um, oh, and yeah, no, 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 no. Sorry, Kate. It's number two. That, do you know why one. that's confusing? Because <laughs> the very first competition winner was on that trip as well. So we had yes. two competition winners. And yeah, Kate was great. We were we tracked to Everest Base Camp, went to um, uh, Ben Nevis with Kate as well. Yeah. So yeah, she's a good laugh, Kate. Good laugh. Yeah. And I love yeah. what she said about they see you vulnerable, they see you struggle, and then they see you succeed. So which is exactly what we all did on that trip. That was great. Exactly. That was a great trip. Yeah. I mean, that was my, uh, believe it or not, Kate, that was the last time I was at Everest Base Camp. Um, you know, all those, this is just absolutely crazy. It's going to be almost, uh, yeah, over two years. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I, I was lucky. I got, I went back uh, in October, um, but that was my last time. Yeah. yeah I would have exactly. thought, I wouldn't have come <laughs> home if I'd known. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I mean, he wanted to stay there next for 10 days, so uh, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it, Brian? Um, but no, go ahead. We've got... What have we done now? We're up to almost one o'clock. I mean, should we, should we answer some questions, Dave? I know there's a. Yeah, why not? Below the why line. not? Below the line, yeah. Yeah, I have to have a line. So we do this WhatsApp group where Lauren actually posts all the questions in an order so I don't have to keep going through the comments. And I need a line to segment this week's questions from last week's. Yeah. Otherwise, I will start going back to the beginning of the first Tuesday tune. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I wonder if I did that. I might rewatch that, you know, and try and find out the first Tuesday tune-in that the regulars joined, you know? Like Jerome. When did Jerome well, first yeah, join us? It, it, he feels like he's been in my life from the beginning. But... Jerome, um, yeah, he, he joined kind of, I think, halfway through last year, I believe. But, yeah, it's, it's actually quite interesting because, you know, you look at the numbers and um, it's mad, right? Because, obviously, you guys are on the, on the, um, the live now. You know, like, we, we love you guys. and well, We love everyone, but, you know, it's great to sort of, chat and comment and all that we actually get 80 percent of people who watch this actually watch it non-live when we're looking at the stats so it's mad isn't it and that's that's across facebook <clears throat> not just evertrack like lives in general 80 percent of people watch it that not live which is nuts but we value you 20 percent don't you worry about that yeah um, yeah you you, you yeah the, well there's, a, the, the, there's the 80 percent that watch it live and you guys are like my absolute favorites except for the people that come here live <laughs> I, I tell you what i was i was saying to ramona the other day that she was the second customer i ever booked on but actually the first customer i ever booked on who went on a trip the first guy i booked on he cancelled um yeah, yeah. yeah so i don't know where he i don't know where he is now i'm assuming he's doing well but we never heard of him and then i remember booking on ramona and um i actually remember the first time she said I think she had like an operation on her nose and she said she struggles to breathe through her nose. And my first bit of official Evertrack advice was just breathe through your mouth, <laughs> you know, and that was it. But um, it's quite yeah. interesting. I put the, uh, the, the 80%, the 20%. It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting because it was it um, uh, Pareto's principle. It's something that is actually in life a lot. It's like some, somebody once said that you can do 80% and 20%. So for instance, you could say that you wear 20% of your clothes that you own 80% of the time. I do. I know I've got my 20%, which is my favourites. Dave, do you like that? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure that out now in my head. But I would say, but the thing is, though, and I don't own many clothes. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah. no, you are, you are, you are, you are probably right. Yeah. 
It's basically um, saying that you can get, uh, was it 80% of the output with 20% of the input? Yeah. Nice. We're going technical now, but Pareto's principle, look into it. It affects all life. Potatoes um, principle. Pareto. P-A-R-E-T-O. Oh, nice. 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 Pareto's. Awesome. So should we do yeah. questions and what do you reckon? Because um, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you what, I'll get it out the way nice and easy. Good day, Davo. Is your knee still bonza? Um, <laughs> the knee was doing absolutely fine. And then we went on a sightseeing and culture tour of Edinburgh. Um, as it turns out, there's quite a lot of culture in Edinburgh that revolves around the drinking of whiskey and beer. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, but no, yeah, knee's doing fine. Actually, he's quite, quite glad. Um, yeah, it was fine. You've like, done really I, well, mate. You've done really well. Yeah, it blows up every now and again. Good. It like swells up every now and again, and but I don't really, I don't really think about it that much anymore. I just keep doing what I'm supposed to do, the rehab and stuff like that. And I haven't had any major setbacks. I haven't fallen down any stairs in a while, so um, exactly. that's important. Um, just just going down for the questions now. How the stag do? I'll come back to that. Um, a question for later in the chat, and then he moves on to kiss Marky V. Of course, it does, Mark. Can you recommend a decent midweight Polartec 200 fleece for Tupcal in a couple of weeks? Yeah, it is a couple of weeks, isn't it? Well, a couple of weeks, yeah. We've just gone in uh, yeah, three, three and a bit weeks. Yeah, Polartec 200. I know North Face do some decent 200 ones, which I've I've used. Oh, excuse me. Um, previously, Mark. Dave, have you got any recommendations? I know with the Polartec ones. I know you I like got... my Econ. I was gonna say, I know you own some Polartec uh hoodie, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So I've got a rab hoodie. So my the the fleeces that I always like are the zip up hooded ones. Yeah. So they got a soft hood that's usually a technical hood. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a rab fleece. If you Google rab fleece, rab full zip fleece is the one. But uh, the the pullover one, I actually really like my North Face one. Um, oh, it's actually my Evertrek branded one. It's a really soft fleece, mm. so it's really nice um to be honest the the branding of fleeces is some like the you know the um like the the model number i guess you'd call it you know yeah. i'm actually no good with because fleeces are something i don't really put a huge amount of thought into beyond i like them to have a hood um because if you are cold it's nice to have a hood but also sometimes when you just have a jacket on you have the hood sort of ruffled up around your neck it just makes it a little bit nicer a little bit warmer it's like having a scarf so yeah, beyond um, that, I would just say, yeah, get one with a hood. But if not, the, my two favorites, I know, are Rab and a North Face. Yeah, nice, so um, nice. I'll tell you what, Marky V, I'll, I'll find out what they are from the old kit bag and drop you an email and um, yeah, let you know. Nice, Dave, nice. Uh, just going through the questions, then, I think, um, I don't know, why, I'll, I'll throw this one out there because this is related to group travel. But uh, this is from Lee. Um, can we still not be put in touch with people on the same trip? Um, yeah, just looking in touch with the Avamus group, uh, others in the group. Yeah, so there's a couple of things there, Lee. I think, yeah, go, going back to the, um, you know, we've obviously got to be quite careful in terms of privacy and that sort of thing, um, which is why we don't sort of give out the the, the sort of full names. Um, if you are on a group, though, you can see, and you go into the Vamus app, you can see, um, it'll say their first name and then the, the initial of their surname. Um, but I think one thing we really encourage, um, you know, and you're on Facebook, um, obviously on the live, so jump into the Evertrekkers group, um, the Facebook group, and just post the date and, uh, you know, uh, the, where you're going and, and see who else is on there. And so, you know, hey, guys, you know, I'm going on this trip. Who, who else has come with me? Um, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, I say the group is, is, is a great place to start um, as we're rolling out, obviously, access to, to all of the trips, um, depending on when you're booked. 
most people have got access now um, up until the end of, of next year, I believe. Um, and then we'll be moving off to, to the future ones. Um, obviously then, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's there for you. But yeah, um, you know, with that then you can obviously get to know people. Um, you know, we hope the app does help in terms of the, you know, like that. Um, but yeah, hopefully that answers your yeah. question a little bit, Lee. Dave, any, anything to add on that? Um, no, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I, I would love to give a full list of all of our customers to anyone that wanted one genuinely, because I think it's great to connect. But yeah, yeah unfortunately, there are certain um, rules in place beyond the given of information. And we've also, we don't know if the person, you know, unless we know both pies, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't know if the other person wants to be. So we just think in just, just to keep it all nice and clean, we don't do it. But however, we can, you know, like Andy said, the Facebook app, the High Altitude Evertrackers group is the best place to do it. Post in that group, almost certainly if someone else is on that group and they're, and they're going on the same trip, you'll, they'll want to hook up with you because everyone pretty much feels the same. Um, but yeah, it's a really good one. Um, nice. Uh, Stuart Taylor has asked, um, what's the name of the Evertrack app and is it accessible to me if I'm not booked on a trip yet? I believe, and you need to be booked on a trip to get access to yeah, it because a, once you, app, yeah. yeah, once you get booked on, that's what triggers the activation of the app. So you get an activation code and a log on from your trip booking. Um, so Stuart, another great reason to book a trip, I think, mate, uh, <laughs> to get access to it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, great stuff, great stuff. Um, going back up then, just go into, um, Jane, this is an interesting one, because I know, Dave, you're used to putting things in, in your hydration bladder. Um, can you put an Alka-Seltzer in a hydration bladder? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, sure you can. And I think maybe I should have brought one to the um, to the stag. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, <laughs> so that, that, that's that answer. But also, yeah, I put um, I put things like hydration salts in my bladder all the time. Um, just so I get a little bit of extra hydration out the bladder, you know, so those little tablets and things like that. If I got about, I think one, it's one per liter or something like that. So if I got two liters, I'll bang in a couple of those. Always just to give it a bit of flavor. Mm. Um, makes a big difference, mate. But yeah, you can, you can yeah, absolutely do that. Just don't put them in a, in a water filter bottle because yes. all that does is filter out all of the, uh, all of the alcohol and the salt. So it gets filtered out and all you get left with is just perfectly purified drinking water. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I just, just mentioned in, uh, and, and Lauren, give us a good nudge there, actually talking about when we talk about the app, about like getting to know people and things like that. Um, yeah, with the app, um, sort of messaging function, because we, we realized that on some um, logins, if you like, because it was it was an update that was only a few months ago, but um, it's, it's, we're trying to make sure that it's available on, on all apps, where we're still working out, we're in touch with Vamoose, who, who designed the app, um, and basically making sure that access is everyone. But the access is between us and you, not between the group. So you could share photos and things between the group and put messages in there. But it's a, although it's a group app, um, the messaging features between, uh, like Dave, obviously, if you if you had the app and you wanted to message, you know, obviously hypothetically here, wanted yeah. to message, you can message via the app. And I know you can do that a lot of ways. It doesn't have to be on the app. Um, obviously, you can drop us an email. You can go onto the uh, messenger chat on the website obviously you can drop a facebook message lots of ways but you know we, we, we love the app it's cool if you do want to send us a message there you can do um although as just to repeat it's not available on every single login at the moment but we're we're working on on getting that resolved <clears throat> excuse me and we'll uh, we'll obviously let you guys let you guys know yep. um right dave what we got next um so 
Tina Barrett. So I know Tina and uh, Kim uh, after the Upper Mustang trip, um, and I've been <laughs> I've been meaning to get that done. Um, it is being done, so pretty much I'm I'm almost there with it, guys. So just bear with me. Um, it's taking me a little longer than usual because the Upper Mustang, particularly with the new rules in Nepal. So the Upper Mustang region has its own set of rules. It's a restricted area. They only allow X amount of trekkers in per time and i think it has to be a minimum of two per booking um and with the rules that have um guide uh, around trackers in nepal i needed clarification on that exact aspect so i've been trying to get that information so that that's why the delay um, but i pretty much have it now so it's just a matter of getting it all on the website um and i think i spoke to ali about it last week if i didn't i meant to um helping me with the upper mustang so yeah, yes, I did. I did. I knew I did. So yeah, that'll be that'll be up in there soon. It's a great area. I'm really excited to get some more people out there as well because I think uh, how many and have we? We've only sent like one or two people to the Upper Mustang yeah, region. We stopped doing it for a number of years just because of the difficulty to run it. But we know that yeah. it's quite a cool place. It's very remote. Um, you know, not busy at all. And you know, we, yeah. as, as times moved on, we're like, well, maybe we should research that. I mean, you know, it's very basic compared to like the you know facilities on a base camp trek. Um, you know, it's certainly more remote, but you know, we know people love that. Um, yeah, so we're certainly looking to kind of reboot that. And apologies, has taken, you know, a little longer than, than planned. Um, yeah, as Dave alluded to, there, it's, you know, it's, it's wicked. If we if we just had the information, then we could say, yep, yep, guys, this is what it is. But we're still waiting on a thing or two before we can actually say, yep, guys, this is this is the date. This is what you can book in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, uh, appreciate that. Obviously, your patience for that. I know it's uh, uh, we've we've taken a while. Um, Hey, but uh, seen a few people. Danny Mitchell, Jerome, obviously uh, people on training weekend. Always great to see. Just seeing some comments there. Um, it's quite interesting, Danny. I saw a video of you today, actually, um, from our good guys. Uh, obviously, Steve, who's doing the videos. Uh, he's on his honeymoon um, this week. But uh, Zach, who, who edits uh, some of the content, sent me a video of you, Danny. So I was watching that this morning. Uh, good to see a smiley face. Uh, but I hope you're well. Um, Jerome, uh, just asking about Tupcal. Uh, weight limit on Tupcal. Is there a weight limit on Tupcal like there is for EBC? For the it's... luggage or for us? Uh, for us, I presume, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I presume, yeah, so with regards to your, your, your bag, yeah, um, I presume. Yeah. I know you're going on the eighth day, so obviously you'll have a fair bit of kit. But yeah, just to, just to answer that question, so similar, you know, if you, if you want to take certain things, take it. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're trying to be, we're trying to bring it in anything around 15 kgs is, you know, across all of our trips, unless you're going maybe on the yeah um, uh, the Patagonia ice fields because you've got some technical gear you need there. It's going to be heavier than 15 kgs. If um, yeah, with with Tubecal, I'd aim for the same. You can aim 15 yeah. kgs. That's good enough for the the mules. Good enough for the the, the people that are carrying the gear. Um, you know, because they might have to carry multiple bags. So you know, still aim for that if you can, especially eight days. I think for an eight day trip, I think you could you could definitely manage that with with 15 kgs there. Yeah. Um, Jerome definitely, but uh, yeah, so obviously. If, but if you need certain things, mate, do take them. Do take yeah. them. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm gonna allow one of them to jump the queue because it's a pretty good question. I'm not sure okay. if I answered before, which is from Daffed, and um, Daffed? so he's asked, um, wanted to ask about Summit Night on Kilimanjaro. He's done the three uh, uh, Welsh peaks uh, a couple of weeks back. Um, and he knows uh, we leave about midnight and wanted to know what the day before was like in terms yeah. of getting some sleep. So the first thing I'll do, just to get your misery right the way, is you will be tired on the Killy Summit. Um, there's no getting around it. And you will be up for uh, over 24 hours. 
the day before, so you wake up every day on the Lamosho trip at around 6 a.m. Um, and start trekking between 7 and 8, depending on what sort of day you've got. You'll get to Barafu camp, which is sort of the camp at the the night before you start, and you'll get to there about 1, 2 in the afternoon, maybe, maybe 3 in the afternoon, and then you'll generally have lunch and go to bed at around 7. You're going to be woken up again at about 11. So you've got a few hours there to try and get some sleep. I'll be honest, it's quite difficult. Partly because it's very early to try and go to sleep. Partly because you're going to be quite excited and stuff like that. And then naturally at altitude, it's, you know, it might take you a little bit longer to go to sleep and stuff like that. I think I managed to scrape about 45 minutes of actual sleep um, before I started the summit night. So worst case scenario, you're going to be up from 6 a.m. till midnight when you start the climb. You'll get to the summit at around 6 a.m. So when you've been on the summit, there's a possibility you've been awake 24 hours um, or if you're lucky, 20 hours. <laughs> um, then you'll get back down um, six hours later at around midday. Then you'll be allowed an hour to try and get as much sleep as you can in that hour. I'll be honest, I slept for about 57 minutes of that hour because I was gone <laughs> straight away. Then you'll wake up, have some more food, and then you'll have another four and a half to five hour trip down the mountain to um, a much lower camp, um, Mweka camp, I think it's called, um, yeah. where you can finally get a good night's sleep. But overall, I think I was awake for 30 plus hours when I did Kili, which is why it's a challenge, which is why it's a proper yeah. summit. You know, it's not um, it's not easy not because easy, a lot of times on trips, you'll you'll climb at night. A lot of times you'll climb at altitude and a lot of times you'll climb when you're tired and Kili, you'll do all three, <laughs> you yeah. know, so it is a real challenge to get to Kilimanjaro. It is real tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's good though. It's part of the challenge, Dave, isn't it? That's what makes it a, a an amazing achievement. <clears throat> you know, if it was easy, yeah. um, because if Kilimanjaro, if it was possible to get up and down in a day, you know, wake up at eight, climb, get back down, have some food, it'd be, it'd be a relatively easy thing to achieve. The fact that yeah. it takes so long, the fact that it's so high, and the fact that you're so tired physically and you, you really have to empty the tank to reach that famous sign is um is amazing. I'm <laughs> just reading some of the comments there. I love, I love Jerome. Um, Killy Summit, you will be knackered. There we go, Daffith. Yeah. You will be knackered, mate. But no, no, it, good question. I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a good point, actually. You mentioned around, you know, doing the three peaks. Um, or, you know, the Welsh three peaks. And I know that's, you know, it's a bit of a beast in itself. Much like the, uh, the national three peaks, but obviously... And there was a bit more travel involved in the national one. Uh, obviously, that's Welsh national. I mean, the, the UK one. Um, yeah, but it certainly it is tiring. When Dave said, like, um, Dave, I know you're better at dealing on, on trips, at least. Better with yep. no sleep. Um, Stag do's, I suffer. Stag do's, <laughs> I need the sleep. I don't know what it is. It's something to do with the trip. It's, um, yeah, I can, can go without the sleep. The sleep's not, sleep's not a problem yeah. for me. The only thing I have to be really conscious of is that when I've been awake for about 24 hours, yeah. I need to eat about once every two hours, <laughs> you know, yeah. to keep my energy levels up. If I stop eating, then I get, then you, you slump. But that's just a practice, you know. I, I had a job where I worked night shifts. So, you know, you get used to it. You got used to the new. Hey, Papa Tembo's on here. James, how are you doing? Hey, Love tempo. it. Absolutely worth it. Yeah, Jim was, uh, James was with us uh, back in. February last year, uh, climbing Killy, which was fantastic, tough, but worth it, mate. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. yeah, some some good questions coming through though. Uh, let's have a little look here. 
Um, oh, Danny actually mentioned about the video. Yeah, Danny, I'll um, I'll try and put it up on on the old socials, mate. But I'll I'll send it to you. Just the interview part, um, as Steve mentioned. Yeah, good interview. Love it. Um, but Danny did ask around uh, weather question. Here we go. Um, uh, ref the weather conditions. What can we expect, Killy, in March? Is it colder or wetter than it would be going later on the year, say September? Yeah. So, in terms of the the the, the wetter um, that it would be, because it, it could be cold all year round. You know, you do get a dry season, you do get a rainy season. The rainy season does come in March, but towards the end. That's why you normally we try and do the trips sort of earlier in March. But as you, as you like anything in this world, it can happen at any time, right? Um, especially with rain. So I'd say on the lower slopes, plan for rain. Higher up, good to plan for rain, but probably won't happen. Summit night, probably won't rain. Might snow, yeah. You know, because you're so high, it's good. And but it's going to be cold. Um, yeah. So you know, you, you're going at a good time of year. Having done it at that time of the year, it's amazing. Like you know, some of the views you'll see. You know, but just plan to be cold on summit night, and plan to have some of those waterproofs. You know, on the lower slopes, even if yeah. it's just a the poncho. Dave, I know the poncho works really well, didn't it? Although I know. Yeah. Sweat. They used a lot, yeah. They used a lot more on Kilimanjaro than they are on EBC, yeah. um, and that's partly because Kili has its own sort of microclimate. So in the afternoons, quite quite often it'll rain, um, but it rains quite quickly and it stops quite quickly. So everyone has a tendency just to throw the poncho on. So they used more on Kili, um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those where w- when we run our trips to Kili, we don't do it in like the rain season per se. You get rain, but not it's not the rainy season. So. Um, it's just normal trekking rain, not monsoon rain, <laughs> you know, which is, uh, yeah. yeah, me and Andy have trekked in monsoon rain in Nepal, and that was a barrel of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just reading, uh, Douglas Smith, Spud. Great to see you, mate. Looking uh, surprisingly fresh. Wow, it's, it's the lighting. It's, it's all the it's lighting. The, I also think it's the purity of the uh, Highland malts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that does. It's like mother's milk, that stuff. It is, uh, but, it um, is great. We had, we had a few. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two weeks, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, two stags Andy. <laughs> so, um, Life's too short to just have one, question. right? Okay, I just saw a question on polls. Awesome. Love yeah, a yeah, yeah. question. Christina Pullen, best trekking poles to use at Killy and in the UK is Black Diamond, the best carbon fiber aluminium. Uh, Brand-wise, Black Diamond are certainly a really good set. Leckie um, are also a really good set. Um, it, it depends how much you're going to use them and how much longevity you want to get out of them. I've got a pair of Leckie carbon fiber poles, and they're absolutely brilliant. They collapse down really small. Um, but they are quite expensive. If you're not going to be yeah. using them a whole lot, then aluminium's just as good um, because you know they they have a tendency to they'll dent more and they'll bend easier yeah. than carbon. But also, you can afford a couple of dents and maybe the odd little tiny bend in an aluminium pole. Where carbon, once it goes, it goes. Yeah. But it is stiffer, lighter, and lasts longer. But the idea in carbon is that you know if you're going to buy one set to rule them all then do it but be prepared <laughs> to pay upwards of 100 pounds um yes. i personally think you, you can spend half that on a really decent pair of black diamond aluminium poles that'll last you just as long and are just as good so don't feel you have to break the bank on trekking poles quite regularly people just buy the cheapest pair that they can and when they break they'll replace them again <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting to talk about because i think shona there put a question there about clip lock rather than the twist yeah. And I have to be fair, I, I always prefer the twisty ones. They always, uh, all the the best ones that I've seen have the twisty ones. Although I know that, like, you've got some collapsible ones, haven't you? That, 
they have the clip lock. I, but I see. I'm the opposite. I prefer the clip lock. Really? I much prefer clip lock. Yeah, because I think that with with the, with the twisty ones, you twist them up, and this is my experience. No matter how hard you twist those things, eventually the tension loosens on them, mm. and then you have to then they get a bit wobbly. With a clip lock, once it's clipped in, that is held mm. like a vice. Um, but like I said, there's no one rule with it. You get the best ones that you can get. You know, quite often, yeah. I'll be honest with you, the twisty ones have a little bit of suspension in them. So yeah, a little bit of spring. It's, it's interesting. I, I kind of sometimes I take a step back with poles because I, I realized that like the first time I went to EBC, um, you know, I had because uh, back then I didn't use two. I didn't use poles, um, but I thought I'd get one anyway. And I got one in Kathmandu for less than 10 bucks, I think. And, um, you know, it worked fine. And I think, you know, it, it is good to look at these kind of technical gear i'd say with trekking poles you know whether like and because this is interesting dave prefers the clip lock i prefer the the twisty ones it just goes to show either work you know yeah. way either work even the cheap ones work so whatever yeah. you know i'd say if you're going to put more budget into something get get something else get a good down jacket get your good boots get a good sleeping bag they're the three things i'd probably invest in more than spending loads of time thinking about trekking poles just get some that work and, you know yeah. they, they all do the job don't they obviously if you're using them a lot and hey you've got the budget to spend on them go for it but you know like black diamond um, i think uh who is it james mentioned msr really good mate lecky like there's so many good ones out there um yeah. you know there's some, there's some great options but don't get sort of caught up in having to find the perfect ones just as, as long as they work they work you know yeah uh, that's why i always recommend yeah nice awesome. nice what else we got dave what else we got um, let's have a quick look. So that was uh, Christina. So I can go down the bottom here and find. <laughs> let's have a quick look. Uh, lots of people want to see the video. <laughs> so Danny, you're going to be a celebrity. Danny. I know Danny, a hell of a celeb. Um, I did see a question. Chris Collins, what's the weather like on EBC early mid October? Looking at rebooking again for 22 after it was uh, cancelled twice last year. So, yeah, with regards to early to mid October is really good time to be honest with you. I think the middle of the seasons, so our seasons are March, April, May, September, October, November. We do have some leeway. Sometimes we might head out in February. Sometimes we yeah. might go into December. But generally speaking, the middle of the seasons is 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 a pretty safe bet. Yeah, and that's why they're the but it also because of that it's also the most popular time to go so you will see the most people there so sometimes people like to sacrifice some ideal weather conditions for some quieter trails um but personally i think i've been in both times of year and my favorite is probably late in the uh, autumn you know so late Oct late october into november um it's a little bit colder so it suits me and the weather's often very nice and also might get a little chance of snow because it's getting colder and it's heading into winter. So, yeah, all really good. But, yeah, nice. to, answer, to answer your question, at that time of year, it should be fine. Yeah, the weather's, weather should be really good. You might get some rain in the lower altitudes on your way up to Namshi, but once you're above Namshi, you won't get rain and it should be pretty clear. Yeah, exactly. But, it's, especially in October, right? I mean, it, never say never, but I know what you mean, Dave. It can, majority of the time, like, yeah, having been to base camp three times in October, great good time to yeah go. Uh, especially yeah. with the festivals on as well it's a great time to, to kind of see some of the really good festivals in Kathmandu in the mountains that's what that's what kind of makes it in a way sometimes yeah yeah um, exactly <laughs> so could you recommend any boots struggling with my bingo card Dave any come to mind um yeah really uh really really like the um 
or what they're called the salomon uh 4x gtx boots they're really really good, they're really good. um yeah the north face um gore-tex hedgehogs yeah they're really, they're really good, good. Yeah. yeah a lot of people like the hocker one one boots as well you know they're like a Thank lightweight you. spongy boot they're really good yeah can't think of any others off the top of my head mm. <laughs> go on and go on and give it to a man give it to all him. right what do you what do you right, use i don't use any boot no i'm joking yeah andy's a, <laughs> andy's a hobbit here we go i do i am yeah. a hobbit um dressed up uh, yeah <laughs> brilliant brilliant um right how, uh tom Massetto, tom uh, how about renting a down jacket sleeping bag for you i take it these are good enough for killy yeah definitely so the ones we got uh, access to you know we wouldn't want want you to be using any higher gear that's rubbish you know, we want to make sure that's good. So, yeah, the down jacket, sleeping bag that we got, uh, you can hire. Um, yeah, 100% they're good enough. You know, good to have with this with the, the down jacket. Uh, oh, Marky V, jump the gun. Um, yeah, with the down jackets, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, you can, they're, they're, they're really good uh, sort of level for, you know, on summit night. Uh, but also carry some layers as well, you know, fleece, you know, yeah. um, base layers, you know, so really layer up because I think it's one thing I learned on Killy, I underestimated the temperature. It got with the wind when there's wind oh, on man, there, it's yeah. just unbelievable. We, we had a storm the night before though mm. so we had the tail end of that storm so yeah. it was below zero anyway i reckon it was just from experience of having minus 10 on ebc i reckon it was around minus 10. yeah with wind chill don't who knows what it that was, was. it was it was, it was really cold because mm. i've never had i've had like ice in my water bottle before and that's frozen solid I had ice in the tube, but one thing that's quite unusual is to have your water bladder actually that's inside your bag next to my back um, freeze. I had one solid block of ice that I carried all the way up to Tequila and back down again. Awesome. <laughs> I was literally, when I got on my way down, I actually found like a like a branch or something. I took right. the top off my bottle and I was stabbing my ice in my bottle, like wow. breaking it up with this branch so I could just put some uh ice cubes in my mouth yeah it was yeah. lovely you, you need you need the water yeah um, just looking at any of these i'm doing killy and jan is that a good time to go yes um you know good time great time to go i mean any dates that we got there kind of work i mean you can never say you know because you can climb killy any time of the year and people do um you know even sort of due monsoon season or, or sorry rainy season get used to monsoon in nepal um the rainy season over there is still it's still a good time to go um you know because it can it can you can have gaps where it's great weather for a couple of weeks um you know in africa it, you know there's not a lot of rain sometimes on the slopes um you know as you as you kind of get uh you know towards like you know two and a half three thousand meters it can can rain up there so rosie yeah you'll have a great time in january um it's a good yeah. time to go um, I know sometimes you get clearer skies there as you get higher. So, yeah, you might have a decent sort of sun sunrise as you get to the top of Killy. Um, yeah, we can't can't wait to uh, to have you over there. Um, <laughs> Doug, Killy Summit Night is the coldest I've ever felt. Yep. And yeah. he's a Highlander. Highlander. So he says he knows a thing or two about temperature. Um, Right, Dave. Any others in? I know we're coming to the end now. So um, it's been a great line. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a bit of a kit, a kit one as well, out of the balloon. Yeah. But um, yeah, so let's have a quick look here. So Tom Massetto, I think he missed the tip about um, the poncho. Okay, so on Kilimanjaro, it's good to have a poncho. Quite often, rain is not sustained rain for hours and hours and hours. So yeah. on Kilimanjaro, it's very popular to have a poncho just to flip over. 
um, and just keep that. You can um, buy them for next to nothing, you know, the little cheapy ones. Some people buy like a big thick one, like a multiple, you know, multiple use poncho, um, which I'm thinking of investing in, to be fair, for trips back to Killy. Um, but yeah, they're light, they're packable. They're you throw them over, they go over your rucksack as well. So mm-hmm. if you're caught out, you just throw them on nice and easy. Job done. Um, just I don't want to miss this question actually from Mark Skinner because good question just about the Tupacal weekender in December. Uh, mate, great, great time to go. It's going to be uh, likely being some snow up there in um, in December. How will we know if we are sleeping in tents or in the refuge for the summit night? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of done, not ad hoc, but you know, when you get there because it's you can't pre book these places, you've got to go there, but there's more than enough accommodation for, for us up there. Um, you know, I mean, 99 times out of 100, we'll be staying in the refuge. It's only rare, rare occasions we'll be camping. Yeah. And especially during winter, because it'd be bloody cold. <laughs> um, so, Mark, yeah, aim for uh, aim for the refuge. That's, that's where we're, we're planning for, for December. Um, but, you know, always keep a flexible mind, because um, obviously things are released uh, in terms of travel restrictions. You know, there might be more people up there than normal. So, you know, might be some capacity, um, you know, sort of issues up there. Um, we won't know until sort of right then because we're not the only company that's up there. Um, but historically, there's never really been an issue. I mean, you know, that I'd say uh, maybe in summer they've, they've done some camping and things like that. I'm not saying you, you will never camp on winter, but it's very rare. Um, you know, certainly for us, we, we, we plan to use the refuge, um, you know, speaking to our guys out there. Um, we're not planning for any different. But, you know, if it needed to happen, then then, yeah, it's the same on a few of our trips, you know, like same with base camp. Um, you know, we've never really had to stay in tents, but we would do if there was no room. You know, we'd yeah. we'd uh, we'd obviously get that sorted for you guys. Um, yeah, all part of the adventure, right? Um, but right, Dave. Yeah, that's great. That uh, seems like we covered a lot then. I, I think let's, let's, let's sort of recap what we talked about then. So we you know we started to you know look at group travel um, as things open back up again. We can't wait. I mean, Dave, have you um have you got any sort of final thoughts? I know we've we've covered a lot today. Um, yeah, I think my only final thought is I'm excited to be firing up the the engines and getting out there and doing some trekking again and i'd really like to see some names that i've seen hanging around for the last two years get there and see pictures of people at base camp and on the summit of Killy. i think that'll really really make my year to be honest with you um and i've just spotted something so i think my most final thought and christina pullin might want to pay attention to this one so the bag situation on kilimanjaro i think the size is around an 80 liter duffel bag um lots of people do bring their own but you can also rent them so the choice is yours um i brought my own because um i like familiar things being around me so i like my own bag and i like to see it come on adventures with me and stuff like that and i I think that'd be my final thought nice (laughs) (laughs) good man well look it's been great um yeah um i know we've both been a bit croaky today dave you're looking a lot not more on it than me but uh, yeah thanks for uh, holding it together mate holding it together as soon as you click the off button i'm gonna hit the deck (laughs) well it's been great um but yeah hopefully hopefully she does uh and i'll be back in the office again but uh, yeah i hope that tune in has been really really useful um and yeah we'll we'll, we'll see you next uh next tuesday nice one see you guys bye you guys bye Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. 
Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. <laughs>